And welcome into this edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Alabama week is here. The Gators off to a 2-0 start. And Denny Thompson, your guy, Anthony Richardson, a guy you've worked with for, what, four years now at six points, is really the talk of Gator Nation. You've been talking about this guy for a long time. Everybody else is kind of new to the party. Uh, your thoughts on an unbelievable performance for AR-15, as he's now being referred to, last Saturday in Tampa. He uh, He's just getting started, man. Like I mean that. He's It's exciting to see him throwing the ball, and, I, and it helps me because then people stop asking. Right? I mean, but the throw that he made – Rolling to his left. Oh, yeah. That's I, every throw he like, made was in stride, but that one in particular was. Yeah, that, that's that's you know rare ability that, um, that that some people possess, and he does. And so I, the exciting thing for him is we're just getting started seeing what he is. Now he's not gonna he's not gonna have eleven plays, three hundred yards every game like that. Okay, that that's not the expectation. That's USF, right? right? But I think what you saw, and I think it's crystal clear now. He's going to be the best player on the field in just about every game played. There's a difference when he has the ball in his hands and when five or twenty-five or anybody else has the ball in their hands, right? He's just—he's just that. He's got that about him. He's just different, right? And you can say he's way six-five, two forty. Yes, but he also runs a four-four. Yes, but he's he, his vision and the way that he just plays the game is rare and generational, like what we've seen out of Cam Newton, what we've seen out of guys like that. They just, they operate differently. And that's the way he is. You know, we'll talk about, obviously, everything he's doing on the field. You've known him for four plus years. You've worked with him pretty extensively. You were telling me about Anthony Richardson two and a half years ago. So you are the first guy that I knew ever talked about Anthony Richardson. Now everybody's talking about Anthony Richardson. The kind of kid he is, the player he is, how will he handle now being thrust into the spotlight like this? I think that's the great thing about him is it doesn't change anything about who he is. If anything, it forces him uh, to be things that we've been trying to put into him for the past couple of years, to be a little bit more vocal, to be a, a, a little bit more. He's always been a really like servant leader. Like he's he'd do anything in the world for you, mm. and his teammates know that. But there are he, he's also very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's um, he's not a very social guy, right? Like he 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 does his thing. He's from Gainesville, so then you know he he goes home. Like that's just what he does. And at the quarterback position, you you've, you've got to be a little bit more than that, right? You you you've got to. It's one of those things where your guys, you got to be part of them. Mm-hmm. You got to be one of them. That doesn't mean you go out and that doesn't mean you go to clubs and all that kind of stuff. But I think what we're seeing from Anthony and it's really cool is kind of this, this, this transformation to where you want his personality to match his talent, right? And it's in today's day and age, there's people listening going, no, no, I want him to be humble. He's always going to be humble. But in today's day and age with name, image, likeness and with social media and that being part of these guys' net worth and really – 
bigger than that at helping grow the, the program. Anthony Richardson is the University of Florida for the next couple of years. Your program's going to grow the way Anthony grows. And you think about the guys that, that this has happened with in the past, like the Tim Tebow's of the world, right? Tim Tebow had this amazing personality, this engaging personality. It made Florida Gator football bigger. Right. Right. So I think that's the thing that I'm I'm interested to see how Anthony does with this. I, I, I don't worry about anything else. I really don't worry about that. Um, he's a really smart kid, but you know, I, I hope this kind of pushes him um, up front a little bit more. You know, he's the first Gator quarterback, obviously, to throw for a hundred yards, pass for a hundred yards in the same game since Tim Tebow. He happens to be wearing the jersey number fifteen. Is there a thing with Tebow with Anthony? Was that like one of the guys he he wanted to be, or is that a coincidence that he's wearing Tebow's number? You know, I don't know. I've we've never had that conversation. I I, I don't. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know the deal. It, it's it's weird because a like a, a lot of our guys wear number fifteen, mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't know why that is. I wore number fifteen, like that was my number as well. Um, but I, I don't know. For I'm guessing, if my initials were AR, I'd be number fifteen. <laughs> That's too. true. Yeah, like <laughs> AR two. In name, image, likeness world, is it nearly as good as AR-15? AR-15 comes right off the tongue. There's no question (laughs) about that. All right, so he had an incredible game. He did pull up lame with a hamstring on that 80-yard touchdown run. Alabama's coming in on Saturday. Not to go too deep behind the curtain here, whatever you want to divulge here on Gator Bites. Um, Have you had a chance to talk with him? If not... What's your gut say? Because that's the question around Gainesville right now. Will we see Anthony Richardson on Saturday at all against Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I've texted with him, I think, daily. Um, but I don't know the answer to that. And that's the honest truth, and I appreciate the vast number of people who have hit my DMs. I had no idea that y'all cared. I walk right in today. I don't say hello, how you doing, nothing. No. I say, Denny, is Anthony Richardson playing on no, Saturday? It, you know, it's really, and I'm, I'm saying this in case you're not seeing I'm saying this with kind of a rolled eye. It's really nice of how many of you guys care about the health and safety of my young men that I trained. Yeah. I, I had no idea the support that we had and the closeness that I have with my Twitter following until this week, but uh, I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I, I know what the injury is. I'm not going to get into that, but I don't know what his status is for Saturday. Well, let's get to Emory Jones, and you've been saying this all along too. It's not necessarily that Emory's bad. Mm-hmm. It's just Anthony's really, really good. Now, there were a couple of bad moments for Emory against South Florida and Tampa, certainly, uh, but I don't think he played horribly. I think he played average, maybe even slightly above average, but he was completely overshadowed with what Anthony Richardson did. Yeah, I I feel bad. I actually feel bad for Emory right now. Um, the interceptions weren't good, but Emory, Emory knows he's got to be perfect. You know, the minute that he's not perfect, the entire fan base is going to be looking at Dan Mullen to say, um, hey, when's 15 coming in? I think we might be beyond that at this point. I think even if Emory is perfect, yeah, you're probably people right. are still going to be asking but about Anthony. But as of this past Saturday, yeah. I think that was the situation, right? And and I th- and Emory's better than what he showed this past Saturday. And uh, and so it's it's one of those things where it's like, man, I just I hate it for him. Because Emory, 
is an amazing kid, and he's talented. He's really talented. Um, he's just not I – mean, he's a tick slow right now. And that's never been his deal, by the way. So that's why I'm thinking, okay, is this starting to wear on Emory a little bit? I don't know what's going to happen Saturday, but it may not be the worst thing in the world if Anthony can't play. And Emory gets a big game to himself to just say, I don't have to worry about 15 behind me this week. right? I don't have to worry about you know the, the excitement in the stadium when he comes in and the, the lull when I'm in. That, that may not be the worst thing to find out, okay, where, where is Emory at? Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. For the highest quality care, you can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. I'm going to say something that might not be popular with a lot of viewers on Gator Bites, but it's my thoughts, and that's why we're here, to share our thoughts. Okay. They do not need to win on Saturday to still have every goal in front of them. My mantra all week long, don't play Anthony Richardson on Saturday against Alabama so that you can potentially play him against Alabama. And what I mean by that is don't play him now. Get that injury as healthy as possible so that he can come back for LSU and Georgia so that in December you see Anthony Richardson again and you play Alabama again with a healthy AR-15. I would not play him on Saturday because even if you lose, I don't care if it's 50 to nothing, even if you lose, a loss does not derail Florida's goals in front of them. Is that um, fair? Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I, I, if Anthony's healthy, you play him. I mean, if he's 90%? Yeah. If there's any chance to re-injure that hamstring. Well, I mean, listen, he's a 240-pound, twitchy, fast guy. It's always going to be a risk. Always. Um, soft tissue is always going to be a risk for a guy like Anthony. I, if he's 90%, yeah, you play him. You 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 definitely play him. 75%? I mean, where, where, where is no, the drawing I mean, I, line? I think if it's one of those things where he's struggling to reach top speed, then and it's a... You know, <laughs> it brings him down to the field to what that talent level is of 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 what the normal Division One player is. Then yeah, maybe you don't. But your point is solid, like, and I understand what you're saying because the reality of the situation is if you have a healthy Anthony Richardson, you can play with Georgia. You can beat Georgia. LSU's a dumpster fire right now, but they were last year too when they beat you. The only thing about LSU is you got to go there. That's the only right. potential issue. Um, you know, Kentucky's a problem right now, but if you've got Anthony Richardson, they don't have anybody can tackle Anthony. Um, so yeah, I mean your your points fair, and then you play for the rematch. We talk about this all the time. James and I do is is you are preparing for Saturdays. It just may not be this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like the next Saturday may be the bigger goal. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think if he's at 90%, you absolutely trot him out there. Now let's get to the game. Um, it's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. It's the first time coming to Gainesville in a decade, which is ludicrous. <laughs> Hopefully the way the SEC is going to do scheduling, that won't happen again. I'm fine with it. Well, I, I get that, but it's, it's nice <laughs> for the fans, certainly. And it's, it's a huge game. Although the Gators come in as more than a two-touchdown underdog, I asked this question to Joe Cower yesterday on XL Primetime. 
And he gave a great answer, which which I'll share with you. I said, an undefeated Gator team ranked in the top 15 in the country. The last time they played a home game, which basically no one is giving them a chance to win. Mm-hmm. He came up with 97, 4-4 four to four to State. Now, they weren't undefeated, but they were 8-2, and two, ranked 12th. Florida State came in number one in the country. That was Doug Johnson at Jacquez Green. Not many people were giving Florida a chance to win. You got to go back almost a quarter century to that game, but I thought it was a good example. Very similar this week. It's an undefeated top 15 Gator team. It's looked pretty good in their first two matchups. Yet Alabama rolling in. I don't know anybody that's not diehard or bleed orange and blue guy or gal that's picking Florida in this game. No, I mean, there's no reason to pick Florida in this game. Like, I think it's irrational to pick Florida in this game. I, I, it's not anything about Florida. It's about Alabama. That's the situation every week with Alabama, right? Like, but the and to your point a second ago about do you play Anthony or not? If you go back and you look at through Saban's era, the teams that have beaten Alabama yeah. have had guys at quarterback that you can't game plan for. Right, like a Joe Burrow at LSU. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel, yeah. Guys that are just – now, Joe Burrow, they had so many weapons on the outside. It was That's the thing about Joe Burrow. Like, he had, what, two or three division – or uh, first-round receivers. You could even go back to Tebow and Saban's early years at Alabama. Early years at Alabama. Yeah. yeah, so I – you know, I think Anthony maybe isn't a little bit of an equalizer there, but you, there's just nothing easy against Alabama. Like, you – when you line up against, I don't know, give me an example, um, maybe even Georgia. When you line up against some of those guys, there's things that they give you because you're better than they are in certain positions or certain places. You you can scheme up matchups. Alabama's better than you at every position. Like It's so hard to get anything going against them because they don't make mistakes. Um, that you have to play dang near a perfect game and you have to have that guy who's just that much of a difference maker to even have a chance. If you're Todd Grantham, what do you do in trying to slow down Bryce Young in that offense? People aren't going to like to hear this because this is what he already does, but and it could it could backfire. The only thing you can do is not give too much of a cushion on the outside, make them work for their release, and then blitz the hell out of them. Like That's your only hope. He won't do it. Because that's also the way you get beat by 60, mm-hmm. right? But if you're playing this game to win and you want to have a chance, I, I say all the time, if I've got a young quarterback and I'm a defensive coordinator, you know, I kind of learn what the kryptonite for quarterbacks is a lot of times. And in general, a blanket statement is you blitz the A-gaps, you teach contain, and then you you make it a hard read for them. Don't sit in quarters coverage where the easy read is the five-yard out or the seven-yard hitch. You, you make it as hard as they as you can on that quarterback, and then you have to blitz his vision. So you have to blitz double A gap, and you have to keep him contained. And if you can do that, a lot of times he'll throw the ball to you. I'm not talking about Bryce. I'm just talking about in general. Um, so we'll see. The, the, the flip side of that is if you do that and you have a, a kid who's really composed, then he's going to take off and run, and he's going to you know get 20-yard chunks on you. Right. Or he's going to throw like Mac did. He's going he's gonna to be – you know, accurate on the deep ball, and now you're down by 40 at halftime. And, and, you know, Bryce Young is a redshirt freshman. There were no fans in the stands last year. He has not played a true road game yet. Mm -hmm. Is this media guy talking? Is there anything to that going into 90,000 of the Swamp, national TV? It's Bryce Young's first road game. Does that give the Gators any sort of hope, I guess? 
Yeah, it could. It could. I, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I. That's why I'm I know, asking. I know Bryce. I know, and part of the group that I work with, we work with Bryce. So a guy named Danny, who's part of our group in in L.A. Bryce is a little different dude, man. He's he's going to thrive on that. Well, the reason I ask, it did affect Bo Nix two years ago. It, it does, and Bo Nix obviously is not that dude, right? Right. But Bo Nix going into the swamp, he it, had problems. It's one of those things. I think like if if you can get. It's like having a bunch of flies around your head, right? It's like if you can if you can make it irritating on them, if you can get a couple of false starts, if you can get the communications just like it's got him more focused on the communication than on the play. Burn a couple of timeouts early. Then, yeah, I think it plays. And Florida, the Swamp is notorious for this. Once they get in your head, it gets worse, not better, right? And that's what happened to Bo Nix in, in Auburn. So I, I, I think it's a lot of it is – you know, I, I would tell Florida faithful, get in there early and start getting into their head early. Like I'm talking warm ups early to where they're they're going to the locker room going, How are we gonna play a game? We can't even communicate. We're standing right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Like get that get that doubt in their head early. Well, and the one cool thing, it's really gonna be the first time the swamp has been able to be the swamp in basically two years. I mean, I don't care about Florida Atlantic two weeks ago. You had no capacity last year. It's going to be the first time we've seen 90,000 in that place in quite some time, which let, should let make me, a great atmosphere. Let me atmosphere. tell you something, because I've been to a couple of games this year. It's different. Now that people are allowed back in, everything's louder. Everything's amped up. The student section's like they're finally out of the dorms and doing something, and they're in there early. And it, the the atmosphere everywhere is up a couple notches. Like so, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm still undecided on if I'm going or not. Um, I'm excited to see what that's like on Saturday. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the South Side, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. All right, if Florida wants to pull the upset. And they're a two-touchdown dog. It would be a pretty decent upset. What are the two or three things that absolutely have to happen on Saturday? Anthony has to be healthy. That's the biggest one. You you have to have 15 in the game if you want to pull the upset. You're not going to pull the upset with Emory. Um, and then I think their receivers have to win. You're not going to stop them. I mean, let's be honest. If you win the game, it's going to be similar to what the SEC championship was last year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, if you win, it's going to be a high 30s, low 40s win for both teams. So you're not going to stop them. So it's going to be, can you give Emory time to throw? Is Anthony healthy? healthy, And can the receivers win at the line of scrimmage? Dan Mullen's going to call a great game. He always does some big games. But you've got to execute. You've got to win. If you're a Gator fan, going on the basis of what I said earlier, that a loss doesn't kill you. Does a blowout loss kill you? Yeah. You think so? You don't. If you're going to lose, lose forty two twenty eight, not yeah. forty nine to right thirteen. I don't think it kills you. Like your goals are still in front of you, but just the psyche. Yeah. Of wow, we're really five touchdowns behind Alabama. Well, and I look at what it did to Miami. Miami loses to Alabama, gets taken behind the woodshed. Miami survived at the state. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure this Alabama game right. doesn't cost you Tennessee next week or Kentucky or any of that the week after. If you if you can play Alabama the way you played LSU a couple years ago when they were number one, yeah, that doesn't hurt you. That 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 instills some confidence, and you got to be able as a coaching staff to go in that locker room and honestly say, guys, we lost 
they didn't win that game. We lost that game. Like, we made mistakes. We can play with these guys. you got to be able to honestly say that at the end of the game. We'll give our predictions in just a moment. Let's run down the SEC slate. Not a lot of great games. There are a couple ones that stick out, I guess. Mississippi State, Memphis. Boy, Mississippi State, that was a good win last week. It was. They beat NC State pretty good. Mike Leach in year number two, off to a good start. They play Memphis. That'll be a good test for them again. Looking to go to 3-0 and on the year. Yeah, I don't think it happens. I think Memphis beats. I think Memphis them. Yeah. beats them. Yeah, I, I, Memphis is a good program right now, man. They're solid everywhere. Yeah, South Carolina goes to Georgia. <laughs> South Carolina survived East Carolina last week. Look, I think Georgia's going to have a relatively easy time of this. It's seven o'clock between the hedges on Saturday night. But I'm curious to see if um, Beamer and the Gamecocks can keep it close for a half. Can keep it close for two and a half quarters. I don't think Georgia has any trouble winning the game, but South Carolina has given Georgia trouble in the past. Georgia's defense is so good, man. I I think that's going to be a bloodbath. I I just – South Carolina's talent is way down. Yeah. And that Georgia defense is so stinking fast, man. You just – they don't give you anything. Tulane Ole Miss. Well, Lane Kiffin's pretty good, man. That team – that team's going to score. That team's going to win a lot of games. Matt Corral – He's a really good player. Is – if you want to talk about two weeks, you know, Heisman talk, Matt Corral would be in the conversation. Ole Miss will kind of go to 3-0 and on the year. I would take Matt Corral. If I'm an NFL team, I would take Matt Corral over Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell. Like, I think Matt Corral, when this the whole thing's said and done, may be the first quarterback taken this year. We've got the academic bowl between Stanford and Vanderbilt. We really won't talk about that. I just like to say academic bowl. And let's get to the last two games. Auburn goes to Penn State. SEC versus the Big Ten. You know, the Big Ten really wants to win this game. What kind of chance do you give Auburn going up there? A really good one. I love what Brian Harson and Mike Bobo are doing offensively. Um, they're bringing a lot of the NFL game to college, which Auburn desperately needed. So I, I think they've got a really good chance. Now, this is the first game they've, they're really playing. They've played the ultimate cupcake schedule. They've played really bad competition. Yeah, but uh, and it's going to be – you know, a, a crazy environment up there. But I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that game. Uh, real quick, before we get to Florida. Florida State goes to Wake Forest. Yeah. How do you recover from what happened to Florida State last week on that? I won't even call it a Hail Mary. I'll call it just a complete and total malpractice of a defensive game plan. And now you, seven days later, you got to go to play an undefeated Wake Forest team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what the deal. I mean, that's a Gator podcast, but I've made it known. Like, I like the staff. <clears throat> close with the staff at Florida State. But the reality is they're just not very good. And I've been consistent saying if they win seven games, they all need 10-year extensions. Their talent is not good. Yeah. So they're going to be even with Wake Forest. That's where they're going to be talent-wise. This is truly like can can you get your guys up to play and then kind of who wins that X's and O's battle. is. I think it's an intriguing game. I probably won't watch it. But I'll be curious as to, to the outcome. I just can't imagine a world where Florida State's 0-3. Yeah, you can. And two of their losses are to Wake Forest and Jacksonville State. Yeah, you can. Well, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. It might happen on Saturday. The reason you probably won't watch it, it's on opposite the game in Gainesville. Oh, is it? I know what time yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a 3.30 ESPN kick, I believe. 3.30 CBS, Florida, and Alabama. Look, I don't think I'm breaking any news here. I don't think either one of us are going to pick the Gators to win. I'm going to pick Alabama to cover, and I'll tell you why. Every time I pick Alabama not to cover, they cover, they cover, they cover. It is amazing how much, how many blowouts they have when you think a game's going to be close, like Miami two weeks ago. I know I thought that was going to be close. You maybe did not. I think Alabama wins the game 44 
24, something along those lines, 47, 26. I hope for about a 20-point Alabama win. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. But uh, that Alabama team appears to be a machine right now. I, I think Alabama covers or does. I think Alabama wins, but I don't think they cover. And, and the only reason why is I. We talked about how you get to Bryce Young. The reality is, if if Florida's defense is what we think their strength is, their front line, um, they need to come to play. Mm-hmm. You're talking a money game here for these guys. For Carter, for Cox, for Moon. This makes them first-rounders yeah. if they ball out. You know what I mean? So I, I think that and the crowd, I think we see a close game into the fourth. If it's a cover, I think it's like a late touchdown, put-it-away type of cover. Um, but but I think you're going to see a one-score game, you know, deep into this game. Florida and Alabama on Saturday, you said you're up in the air if you're going or not? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be a heck of an atmosphere, man. Yeah. I, my son's got his – like football game, like I, I don't. I'm trying. Do I be a good dad or do I? I don't know. Or do you go see Alabama and Gainesville right. for the first time in a decade? You'll hear that game on 1010XL and 92.5 FM pregame coverage beginning at 12:30 on Saturday afternoon. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. You get Denny all over the 1010XL radio dial, including Jaguars today, which you're going to do right now. Right now. So we'll talk to you next week. For Denny, I'm the hacker. Thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.